This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Man, I love statistics. I really do. I I love how you can use statistics to analyze lifeless numbers and end up with a compelling story to tell. As a meteorologist, I use statistics every day to try and predict the future. And as a business owner, I did the same thing, just not with temperatures and rainfall, but with sales and cash flow. But, but one of the things I've learned about statistics is that if you don't ask the right questions, you end up with the wrong answers. L- let me show you how that's playing out in the climate debates today. Over the past five years, scientists in both Canada and the U.S. have been conducting phone surveys in Canada asking people what they think about climate. Now, here are the four questions. I'm going to read you the four questions they asked in their phone survey. One. From what you've heard and read, is there solid evidence that the average temperature on Earth has been getting warmer over the past four decades? Two, is the Earth getting warmer mostly because of human activity, such as burning fossil fuels, or mostly because of natural patterns in the Earth's environment? Three, do you strongly support, somewhat support, somewhat oppose, or strongly oppose a cap-and-trade type system for your province? And four, Another way to lower greenhouse gas emissions is to increase taxes on carbon-based fuels such as coal, oil, gasoline, and natural gas. So do you strongly support, somewhat support, somewhat oppose, or strongly oppose this type of system? That's it. That's the whole survey right there. They've been doing this for five years. All right, let's start with the first question. From what you've heard and read, is there solid evidence that the average temperature on Earth has been getting warmer over the past four decades? Why include the first part of that from what you've heard and read? Why include that? Are they asking people to ignore what they personally experienced? How else do we get information about global warming other than hearing or reading? What's the point of having that in there? It comes across as condescending to me. That, by the way, is a trend with climate scientists when they have to deal with a disbelieving public. It's not it's not that, you know, maybe their science isn't quite right. It's that we must all be rubes. So according to what you've heard and read, it's very condescending to me. Why not simply ask people, do you believe the Earth has gotten warmer over the past four decades? If you want to know more about how people are getting their information on climate science, then ask a follow-up question. What has led you to this belief? A cleaner question leads to better data. The second question takes away all pretense. Is the earth getting warmer mostly because of human activity, such as burning fossil fuels, or mostly because of natural patterns in the earth's environment? See, the second question tells the interviewee there was a right and wrong answer to the first question. Doing that can affect the questions going forward. If you realize you made a mistake on the first one, it's going to change how you answer the following questions because you don't want to make a mistake again. Now, yes, there is a convincing answer to that first question that, yes, temperatures are warmer now than 40 years ago. But by framing the second question this way, you are indicating your beliefs as the interviewer are more important than the beliefs of the interviewee. Also notice the second part of the question is designed 
to lean towards human influence. They expand upon the idea of human activity, mentioning specifically burning fossil fuels. But they don't expand upon the idea of natural patterns. What natural patterns? You explain the idea of human activity, why not give the same balance to the other side of the argument? You could get the same information while potentially influencing the subject less if you ask the question a different way. How about what has a bigger impact on global temperatures, human activity such as burning fossil fuels, or natural activity such as El Nino's or changes in the sun? Also, to provide true balance, you should flip which influence you mention first on a random basis. Sometimes you start with the human activity. Other times you mention natural activity first. See, it's all sportsmanlike. Well, clearly by the third question, we know the interviewers believe in man-made global warming. You don't ask how much support for cap-and-trade someone has and not have a reason for it. I understand that. I get it. I don't really have a problem with how question three is worded. But I do have a problem with how question four is worded. See, question three simply states, do you support a cap and trade system for your province? And then asks you to list your support in one of four levels. Okay. But question four starts off with a sentence. Another way to lower greenhouse gas emissions is to increase taxes on carbon-based fuels such as coal, oil, gasoline, and natural gas, period. Why did they start off with that sentence? Do they think their interview subjects have a firm grasp on what is cap-and-trade, but are confused about what is a tax? Cap-and-trade needed no explanation, but a tax does? That's ridiculous. Why not ask, do you support a tax on carbon-based fuels? Because that's not what they wanted their survey to show. They aren't really curious about their subject's thought process or belief system. No, they wanted to make a point. They did this five-year survey to make a point. I believe these questions were worded and designed to increase the apparent support for a new carbon tax system. So what were the results of this five-year study? Well, only 44% of Canadians believe climate change is mostly human caused, even though they worded it in a way that would lead to people answering more that it's human caused. It was, it was biased that way in the way the question was worded. Still, only 44% said they do. But 66% support cap and trade. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Why would people support an expensive and frankly faulty system like cap and trade that has failed in countries like Germany and Australia? if fewer than half believe mankind is the major driver of climate change? Maybe because of how the questions were worded. 49% of the people believe taxes should be raised on carbon-based fuels. I really find that statistic hard to believe. When was the last time nearly half the population said, yes, raise my taxes in any country? Now you see why the fourth question was worded that way, with the long explanation at the front. It was worded that way to drive up yes responses. Why would the researchers favor a tax plan over cap and trade? Well, again, cap and trade didn't work in other countries where it was tried. The artificially established carbon markets, where you can trade your capped carbon credits, have fallen apart. They're essentially worthless. 
That means the government makes no money off of cap and trade. But a tax. Well, governments make lots of money off of taxes. So, what story do the numbers from this survey tell me? Here it is. The researchers are trying to fabricate a consensus to create a faulty solution to an imaginary problem. You gotta love statistics. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying.